Growth comes by ending something so you can begin something new. It's Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. The World According to Garp, famous novel by John Irving, contains this line. You only grow by coming to the end of something by beginning something else. So today, we're going to do that. It's time to say goodbye only to the Yellow Studio 2.0 so that we can begin. Yeah, that would be the Yellow Studio 3.0. Greetings and welcome inside version 2.0. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Next week, I'll be getting the yellow studio 3.0 set up. 3.0 is going to be a transition studio that I hope will take me through to the end of the year this year, 2023. And after that, well, I don't know. We'll see. Planning on settling into yellow studio 4.0 at some point. I'm glad you clicked play. Visit the website at leaningtowardwisdom.com. Around 1999, the Yellow Studio 1.0 was born, and I dubbed it with that name because I wanted the walls painted this yellow color, bright, sunshiny, cheerful. I'm putting a picture of the wall. Yeah, it's just the wall. You can find, I've, I've done tours, virtual tours of the studio. I've done two of them, I know for sure. But if you want to see, hey, well, what color yellow is this? I'm putting a picture over at the website, leaningtowardwisdom.com. You know, it's cheerful. That was the goal, and it worked. Well, it worked, especially after I invested in four Ballard Street prints, and they worked really well with this yellow background. Truth is, everything worked well. Everything works well with yellow walls as a background. Okay, maybe not everything but for me it did over more than two decades every podcast episode save those done from the field was produced right here from inside this yellow room where i now sit for the final time uh well that's yeah every podcast episode that is true that's accurate the exception are those very first audio files that i uploaded to the internet beginning in 1997. But 100% of the podcast episodes have emanated from the Yellow Studio, with the only exception being those that, again, if I took a digital recorder out into the field and use a field microphone. A few friends have inquired that kind of sort of know what I'm up to. Are you going to miss it? Are you going to miss the Yellow Studio 2.0? I'm not. Not really. And I'm sentimental to a fault. I'm leaving fond memories, no no question. I I have spent countless hours in this room, especially in the nighttime hours when sleep evades me. Uh, I've sat here in this room with headphones on, listening to music, writing, reading, researching, studying, recording, coaching, uh, conversing with friends, either in person or online. I mean, an awful lot of life has happened in this room and most of it just me and I'm thankful for all of it, but it is time to turn the page. It's time to start creating a new chapter time for a new beginning. And I just have to confess to you that excites me tremendously. I can tell you this much version 3.0 will not be yellow, but the yellow studio, the yellow studio has grown to represent more than just a color at least in my mind, and I hope in yours, it's optimism, it's positive vibes, it's wisdom, it's insights, it's experiences, it's figuring things out, it's learning from mistakes, it's summed up in a two-word mandate, always improving, always improving. Those things matter more than the color of the walls. I do love the color, and I freely admit I'm going to miss the color. What I won't miss is this moving business. Talk about a whipping man. 
I told somebody the other day, well, just yesterday. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I'm now at a stage of life. Eh, you know, you move every 20 years, whether you need to or not early in life, we moved, we moved quite a lot. I have enjoyed, and I've chronicled here the hard work of purging, but man, folks boxing up 45 years of your life together, even post purge is just a ridiculous amount of work. Uh, Rhonda has been diligently packing the most tedious items like China and glassware and you know, all that breakable stuff. And, and then there's the sewing room. Oh my, a daunting task because of the sheer volume of things that she needs to keep. And thankfully during the transition, she's going to continue to have some needed space for her craft. I told her the other day, you know, I'm sure glad podcasting isn't as space intensive as your passion. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that it's her passion. I have long wanted her to have, she's got a big space right now, but that's, that's been part of the goal for her to continue to have, you know, the big space that she needs. Um, I really don't plan on skipping more than a beat or two with this whole podcasting thing, uh, whether it's here at leaning toward wisdom or any of the other podcasts that I'm involved in. Um, but I will tell you that I, I am going to skip a beat or two. So be patient. I'm going to try to get back in the groove as quickly as I can. The old broadcast table of version 1.0 and 2.0 gone. I got that out of here last night. The old Heil audio boom arms, which have served me so well for 20 years. Okay. They're not gone yet. Um, I'm, I'm on one, but you know, they've been creaky for a while now. So past time to retire them. So this will be the, uh, whatever the final voyage might be called for this boom arm. The original Toshiba 43 inch flat panel TV hanging in the studio stays in the studio. Uh, proudly owned by new masters, the original road roadcaster pro that you helped me get. No, not quite gone. Cause it's sitting right here in front of me, but it will be soon. It's pristine. And I'm probably going to be selling it to help defray the investment. I have already made in the newer road roadcaster pro two, which is if not in route, it will be very soon. So, you know, boxed up. Boxed up, but not going away. Well, except for the rest of 2023, quite a, quite a bit of, quite a bit of the yellow studio is going to remain boxed up for the rest of this year. And among those items, the Ballard street prints, the ladies that welcomed folks inside the yellow studio, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the dragons and all the other figurines that have so populated the studio through the years. Um, these things are going to be safely stowed away and they're going to be stowed away in the location of the yellow studio 4.0. They're just going to remain boxed and stored in the comfortable warmth of bubble wrap. The new studio, uh, the transition as well as 4.0 is going to have a brand new 62 inch long desk on casters. That'll be a first. I'm really looking forward to the prospect of moving the studio around, you know, if I want, I mean, if I want to, you know what, I think I'd like to roll over here by this window. That'd be, that's going to be kind of cool. And maybe I won't move it around much at all, but it's kind of going to be nice to know that I can, and I'm going to construct it and wire it so that I can. Uh, the new studio, both the transition 3.0 and 4.0 are going to have a brand new chair. Can you hear this thing creaking this one that I'm in? It's just some cheap. I sold the Herman Miller Myra. I had the Herman Miller Myra for years and years and years, and I sold it. Well, I sold it because the armrests are awful. Um, they were, they were broken. I, the owner, new owner knew that drove me crazy, drove me crazy for years. And so, uh, I made, I made somebody else really happy with a killer deal on a really expensive chair that I didn't sell for a whole lot of money. I was ready to move on. 
I know that Myra and Aaron, I know that those Herman Miller chairs, I know that they get rave reviews. I just don't personally think they're worth the money. That's just me. You know, one day I may, I may break that down a little bit further, but that's not the point today. I have invested in a modestly priced, highly rated chair. It's still in the box. And I've decided that, you know, here's what I concluded. Those of us that spend a lot of time in office or studio chairs, we might be better served investing in a chair that can serve us for two to three years. I I mean, I look at some of these chairs that are a thousand to $2,000 and even more and think, I don't know, you know, I, I would prefer to spend under $300 for a chair and as much time as I spend in that chair, if I got three years out of it, a hundred bucks a year, I mean, is that a stupid, is that stupid financial logic? You think is a hundred dollars a year worth it to sit in a good chair and then know that, okay, after three years, you know, I, I freely admit Herman Miller and Humanscape And I mean, a lot of these other companies, there's no, there's no doubt the quality difference in the chairs, the construction quality difference. But what if you just looked at it as though, listen, I get two to three years out of this thing. I'm going to be happy. I'm not looking to invest in something that I'm going to have for a decade. And it's not because I believe in this throwaway society. It's because, well, part of it probably is just boredom. I just, I listen, they're great chairs. They're just so stinking expensive. Uh, and I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I'm kind of ready for a change, even in a chair. The new studio is going to have at least two microphones. And I, by that, I don't mean it's going to be a two mic studio. Uh, 3.0 will not be, but I'm going to have two microphones that I may, well, I'm going to have probably more than that, that I'm going to maybe switch between the only mic that has not been stowed away for the rest of the year is the one that you are listening to. Now it is the one that you have predominantly been listening to for the last few years. And it is my tech zone audio stellar X. There's a, there's a model number for you. Uh, you're listening to it right now. It has been my go-to microphone for the past few years, not a terribly expensive microphone, a couple hundred bucks. I, I break the first rule of podcasting by using a condenser mic over a dynamic mic for years and years and years. Uh, I only used dynamic mics. I only used the high LPR forties for, uh, I don't 15 years. You know, I don't care. I like the crispiness of condenser microphones and the yellow studio has really always been a space that, okay, I'll be it today because most everything is out of the room conducive for condenser mics. And I've leaned on this mic, the stellar X and the other condenser that I have leaned on through the years is the road NT one. It's boxed up. It's been boxed up for months. The new studio is going to have the earthworks ethos broadcast condenser mic, and it will have the brand new gen five road NT one. Which, by the way, not because I care, because I don't need it, USB and XLR. Of course, the big raving thing about the Rode NT1, for those of you that are podcasting, is it 32-bit float. You know, you can Google it. But it's another condenser mic that has some really cool tech built in. The new studio is going to have some new headphones. I've got them. They're within an arm's reach. I haven't gotten them out of the box yet. Most of my headphones are packed away and they're going to stay that way until the end of the year or early next year on my head. Now are the Sony MDR 7506s. These have been, and these have been a staple. These have been a staple for me. The original, the original yellow studio headphones were Sennheiser's model escapes me. And they just, I just wore them out. And rather than replace parts, which you can easily do with Sennheiser, I just, I opted. I think I got these on sale for 80 bucks. I've replaced the ear cups. I don't know how many times I do have some really great, great ones that are really comfortable on the headphones, but the headphone, I mean, they've got, 
They got tape in places. They're really great headphones. I got no complaint. I'm just ready for a change. And so, uh, I'm going back to a brand that I used long before these Sony's Sennheiser. I'm going to keep these Sony's. I also have a pair of AKG K two forties. These are really popular. I just don't ever use them. They are not comfortable for me. I prefer phones that fit a little bit tighter on my big old head and those don't. And I just don't much care for them. Uh, the new studio is going to have new boom arms. I already mentioned that these Hiles are going to go away. Time to retire them. The new road PS one plus. I hope those are everything people claim they are. I am really tired of the squeakiness of the Hiles and I have endured it for, I don't know. I've endured it for at least the last five years or so. So I'm looking forward to seeing if the roads can be adjusted during recording without embarrassing me. Like the Hiles for now, the same computer will be the heart of the studio. It is an I seven Intel based 27 inch Apple iMac circa late 2014. How, how many years do you get out of your computer? I got to looking back and I historically get about a decade. That's, I think, pretty strong. Strong to quite strong. Eight to ten years. Now, this is a desktop, so there's no question. I've gotten longer use out of desktops than laptops. I would say laptops probably on average. I've gotten eight years out of eight to 10 and desktops solid 10. And I'm hoping to just squeeze this year. I'm hoping that this thing will hold together, uh, for the rest of this year. And then after that, I'm going to replace it. I'm going to go back to a laptop of some sort and call it a day. Uh, this computer has been, it's been terrific. Uh, it does have a new startup drive, which I went to an SSD. So I got that going for me. I need to huddle with fellow podcasting buddy, Jim Collison. Uh, if you want to check his stuff out, go to the average Jim is the guy that I need to talk to about outboard or external data storage because Jim is so much more technically proficient than me. I've got a handful of external spinning hard drives and then I've got a startup SSD and I've got another external SSD. I use Backblaze for online backup, but I really need to get my act together. I need to organize my data storage more efficiently and I need to do with the data storage what I did with the physical stuff. Man, a lot of purging I need to do. And I just figured Jim's likely going to be the perfect guy to coach me to help me figure that out. So I hope to do that sometime this year before making version 4.0, the more permanent home of the all studio. Uh, the new studio is going to have uh, a new white photo video retractable background. Well, you won't see it unless you pay attention to some of my video work, which hardly ever happens here. I want a clean background and I plan to keep the details of my space more confidential, uh, for the b balance of the year. As Elmer Fudd would say, Shh, be very, very quiet. The new studio is going to feature two. I have them already. I haven't used them. Haven't bought and I haven't even gotten them out of the box. Um, the new studio is going to have two new Elgato key light air desk lights. These will serve as my work lights as well as video lights. <laughs> Something I've never had. Well, I've had work lights. I have never, ever had video lights. My video light was a paper Chinese lantern with daylight LED bulbs inside. And it worked perfectly fine, but. I've never had a good camera other than a Logitech webcam. I've never had good lighting. At least, at least I'll have good lighting. In fact, the lighting may be so good. I may have to start wearing makeup, you know, like those fancy TV anchor guys, lots of changes, lots of changes for version 2.0. I suspect that version 4.0 is going to have fewer changes like these 
the momentous change between 3.0 and 4.0 is going to be location. So it's all exciting. It's very exciting. I've caught myself saying what I've, I've said as long as I can remember, everything is hard until it's easy. The one that I often put right behind that, that you likely have not heard me say, and if you have, you haven't heard me say it nearly as often as everything is hard until it's easy is everything is slow until it's fast. And that's how this process has been for us. 2022 was a hard year. Okay. Let's be more accurate. We've had a tough go of it since 2018. And if you go back a few episodes, I have shared enough here with you for those who are paying close attention to satisfy the most curious of you. Uh, but personal difficulties are not unique to us. I don't feel victimized. I don't feel picked upon. I don't feel like the universe is after me because you experience these things as well. We all do. Uh, this year began for us much like the past five years until things began to take a turn and buddy, when they turned, they really turned. And at first Ron and I were thinking, well, this may not be real. I mean, can this, can this really be happening? <laughs> you know, maybe we should be reluctant to think momentum is happening. That was kind of the, the spirit. It's like, We've, we've been looking for, searching for, praying for momentum for so long. I mean, could this really be it? What if it's a trick? What if this turns out to not be, yeah, you know, so we decided that we would push hard and we would lean into wisdom to figure out, okay, well, what should our, in light of these new circumstances, what should our next steps be? And that's when it went from being good to better. You know, for months, I'd been casually keeping up with a possible opportunity. Never thought of seizing this opportunity. Wasn't really paying attention to it with the ideas. It was just a matter of curiosity and keeping my eyes open. What, here's what I was doing. I was paying attention to just opportunities. I was in this mode of scanning the horizon for opportunities. And I wasn't necessarily looking for something specific. I was just, I had just determined I'm going to be open. I'm just going to be open to whatever doesn't mean I have to act on it. And I was paying attention with this particular opportunity. Just, I was kind of curious what's going to happen with this because I figured that somebody's going to find it suitable, but time went on and things continued to grow even more enticing, uh, more favorable for somebody who was willing to see it for what it was. And in my mind, I'm like, this is a pretty solid opportunity. Yes. I'm talking about buying another place. I'm talking about buying a place where the yellow studio 4.0 could be born. Now the goal going way, way back, the goal was to sell where the, this original studio is, was sit tight. You know, as the world says, keep your powder dry, referring to the old days of your gunpowder and just Let's just, you know, we'll sell kind of cash out. I'll see. Let's see what happens. Let's see where the world goes. Let's see what unfolds between now and the end of the year. And when it comes to real estate, I got to tell you, my profit skills are terrible. I do not have a strong track record there. Uh, it's easy to predict what might happen because you know, it could, and it couldn't, it's way more difficult to put your money on the line to back up that prediction. And it's not something I do. These are unprecedented times. And I'm happy to report report. I don't have a clue. I have no clue what's going to happen. Uh, I'm a business guy and I'm now an old business guy, which means that I know what I like and I can spot a good deal for me. That doesn't mean it's a good deal for you. It doesn't mean it's a good deal for everybody. And so I've been looking at this property. I've been keeping my eyes on this thing. I've been watching this thing. It starts getting more attractive. And around the middle of the month, it got so attractive. That was just a couple of weeks ago. It got so attractive. I couldn't ignore it because up to this point, I had not even shared with Rhonda my intrigue with this place. So it was on a Saturday and I told her about it for the first time ever. Now you got to go back. I've been looking at, I've been keeping my eyes peeled on this thing before the first of the year. 
and I gave her a challenge. I asked her to do two things. First of all, find a reason to not take advantage of this. Find what's wrong here. Find a deal breaker. Secondarily, ask yourself, if you were to lose it for this price, would you regret it? Now, I had been doing both of those things uh, for, for a long time. And the truth was, I was not able to find a reason to not jump on it. And I had been looking hard. Now, I could see and spot some things that I felt might be problematic for other people. But those problems were positives for me. So a few days before sharing this with Rhonda, I had been struck with an overwhelming feeling that if I didn't take a run at this and somebody else did, and if they succeeded, I was going to regret it. So that's on a Saturday. Now by late Saturday afternoon, well, she came around more quickly than that. I mean, she took a gander at it and began to look and she started getting excited pretty quickly. And she's a person who doesn't get easily excited. In fact, I would go you one better. She makes a conscious effort to tamp down enthusiasm. It sounds way more negative than I meant it to sound, but it's true. I keep in mind, I've been watching this thing pretty closely for uh, four months or so. So I've got a big head start on her and she's having to deal with all this, you know, pretty quickly here. She concludes what I concluded. So I send a text message to a friend who can help us with this opportunity. And all of a sudden, man, we are in full blown hunt mode. <laughs> so the friend, he provides some additional information, more details. And those details and that information only verified our interest. And so now we're getting even more serious about the hunt. In fact, we're getting so serious. We make an offer. And within half a day, we have a deal pending inspection and unearthing some kind of a deal breaker. Well, man alive, this is happening awfully fast for people that aren't impulsive. This is what, what, hello, what's going on here. So off we go. My son and me, the inspector, the home inspector. You need to follow him on TikTok. I've told you about him before. True vision, property inspection. True without an E on the end of it. Yeah, it's one of those deals. So we take this whirlwind trip and it proves fruitful. You know, a little something here, a little something there. Some things to shore up. Not not, not any major thing because this is a newly constructed place. And it checked all the boxes for us. Listen, now no place is perfect. But boy, this one seemed awfully close. And repeatedly, we looked at each other and we commented, me and Rhonda, about how true these statements are. Everything is hard until it's easy. Everything is slow until it's fast. And boy, had things been hard for so long. And talk about languishing for week after week, month after month, year after year. We knew very well all of that. And now we were flummoxed because, you know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like these things for the first time in a very long time. We're just falling in place and man, were they falling into place? Just, it's just happening too easily. Now, some people believe that things ought to be easy. And if they're not easy, then they're not likely meant to be whatever that means. You know, I've never subscribed to that kind of a notion, but I'm getting, I'm getting closer every day to kind of converting a little bit more to that methodology, that way of thinking. And then things continued. Yeah. Momentum. It's a great thing, isn't it? I hope, I hope if you don't have it right now, I hope you get it very soon. Now here's the thing about momentum. It, it comes and it goes, it doesn't come around and stay. The transition location for version 3.0, it had been kind of somewhat problematic price wise. So Ron and I had labored over this for many months in preparation for pulling the trigger. And it was scary. It was confusing. And when my son and I returned from inspecting version 4.0's location, the next day, well, things shifted. Because suddenly, for the first time in a year, the pricing dropped to the lowest price we had seen in a year. Well, okay. Well, so without hesitation, we hit our go button. I mean, here we are again. I mean, we are not impulsive about anything. But man alive, did it? It sure looked, I'm sure, to the uninitiated that we were. 
Uh, but that was not the case. What truly was the case is we'd been slowly grinding, uh, for a year or more toward, toward all this. It just, it just had not come together and we had not put a real hard timeline on it. And then all of a sudden it's coming together. And when it did come together, man, it's come together so fast. It, it almost makes you sick at your stomach. (laughs) So we, you know, we take a deep inhale. We take another step forward and then another step and another step before long, you know, we've advanced further than we have in over five years. You ever had that happen to you? I mean, I was beginning to think we're never going to feel this again. I mean, momentum, man, it was nice. It was nice during those few moments, those times that we had it, but maybe we've seen it. Maybe we're at an age and we've seen our, we've seen the last of momentum. Momentum says I've, I've spent enough time with you guys. I'm, I'm never coming around again. I mean, all of a sudden plans were coming to fruition. Now I got to tell you just here, you know, I'm a person of faith. I had faith. Oh, okay. I said, I had faith. Saying you believe and actually believing, those are not the same thing. But for the past four months or so, I've worked really hard, harder than I would say ever, to make sure that I'm being honest in my belief, to be sure that I'm trusting God and I'm willing to accept failure or, or rejection um, of what I might most want to happen. Because here's the rub with those of us that believe in God. He knows so I'm not convinced that it's all that important that I do. Now, I think I need to know, but the practical reality is I don't. And here's the thing about our plans and our ideal outcomes. We cannot know with 100% certainty if we are correct. You know, I can think that this thing that I want, it will really serve me well. This thing that I want, it, it will be good for me, but I could be wrong. You know, be careful what you wish for and all that. Maybe, just maybe, there are some things that we can't or don't see. Well, you know that's true. You've experienced that in your life. Maybe a no serves us better than a yes. I mean, man, I can think of so many things over the course of my life that I really, really, really wanted to happen, but they didn't. And it turned out, oh, what a blessing that was. What a bullet I dodged. And had some of those things happened, it would have been awful for me. And sometimes it would have been awful for my family as well. And the sudden easiness now of these things, it just, it did seem to me, I could be wrong, but it did seem that it was some evidence that we were on track, that our ideal outcome was indeed going to potentially be our ideal. It beefed up our faith in what we had already concluded because we knew why we were pursuing what we were pursuing. We worked hard to keep our hearts in the right place, spiritual things, church things, faith things were far and away the priority. Many things that we couldn't possibly have foreseen were now falling into place. And yes, that quote from William Hutchison Murray leapt to my mind. It is a quote that I have had on office walls for as long as I can remember. I haven't had it on a wall in 20 years, but running companies, this was almost always on the walls until one is committed. There is hesitancy, the chance to draw back always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. I have learned a deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. Now, tap the brakes just here because I know there are a lot of folks, and maybe you're among them, who believe in the secret or manifestation. Just think it and it will be true. 
I got all kinds of problems with that. None of the least of which is you're not God and I'm not God. And I can't think anything into existence. However, goals and ambitions and desires and ideal outcomes. I get that they begin first in our mind. We have to think about them. We have to imagine them. And then we take action based on that. Commitment is not all that's required though. I've been more committed to some things that never happened than I have to things that did. But that doesn't mean that commitment is unimportant because it is. I rather focus on the word in Murray's quote, ineffectiveness. Not all commitment includes effectiveness. Being effective is harder than being ineffective. It's easy to be ineffective. So I would modify the brilliant quote to include effective commitment until one is effectively committed. There is hesitancy, the chance to draw back because the ineffectiveness of it is, is what we experience. So I can't define it. I wish I could, you know, effective commitment. We know it when we experience it, but like us in recent years, we hadn't experienced it very much. And so all of, all of a sudden we're beginning to experience it now in waves. And it just felt unnatural. Well, it felt like a dream. Trepidation's a killer. It's a killer waiting for the shoe to drop. That's, that's a real fear. You know, a deadline comes and things, they work relief until the next deadline is met with success. And so there's a string of events that hinge on each other and it's unnerving. It's completely unnerving. Uh, but we keep walking. We keep having faith that it's going to, it's moving in the positive direction that we want so far. So good. And it's why today's episode is a Saturday show and not the normal Thursday show. I didn't want to be too quick on the draw. And so by the time you're listening to this, it's a done deal. And like Jimmy Buffett sings come Monday, it'll be all right because come Monday, the yellow studio version 4.0, that location will be secured. It will be signed, it will be sealed, and it will be delivered. It's great. It's great when a plan's come, plan comes together, isn't it? It's even greater when it comes together smoothly. <laughs> After a long, arduous march through the muck and the mire to make it reality. You know, it's like the conclusion of a five-year trek through the wilderness to reach some highly sought-after place of serenity and cleanliness and peace. And, you know, the relief when you top the hill and you look down and you see the lights of this place that gives you such joy. And it's hard to describe Well, we've topped the hill. We see the lights and now we are trekking down the mountain, looking forward to the hot shower and the clean clothes and the good meals that await us. And Lord willing, Lord willing by Monday afternoon, we'll be able to sit down. We'll be able to grab a nice drink of water. Well, okay. Maybe a diet, Dr. Pepper and catch our breath. Well, no, we won't mentally. We will, but physically we probably won't. How can my story, how can all of this journey of the yellow studio, how can that serve you in crafting your story? Well, for starters know this success is not guaranteed any more than failure. As the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 11, time and chance happens to them all. Every single one of us experience time and chance. There is this randomness in life. And that's no reason to lose belief. Optimism is still our best path forward. Confidence is in our abilities. Confidence is not some wide eyed optimism of delusion. Confidence is the foundation of our life in the sense that it's this notion that based on our skills and our talent and our abilities and our competence, we believe we can do this thing. We believe we can accomplish this thing. That doesn't mean it will work. That doesn't mean that it will work out quickly. Success takes time. Failure, well, that can happen quickly. Secondly, failure can be a lesson to help us figure out success. Now, it can also be a gatekeeper. In fact, it is a gatekeeper that suppresses the masses because failure, even early failure, defeats most people. Truth of the matter is most people quit and most people quit too soon. Success seems to reward persistence. Those who are willing to do what others aren't initially and over the long haul, 
So don't be too quick to read failure as some sign. Well, that's, it's not meant to be. That's the problem that I've got with that methodology or that mindset. You know, well, if it's meant to be, it'll be easy. And if it's not, it won't. Well, there's just too much of a victim mindset in that to suit me. Maybe failure is exactly what is meant to be so that you will learn how to better pursue your ideal outcome, no matter what. We've all learned our biggest lessons from failure, not success. We've all learned and figured out how to do it because, well, that didn't work. So we got to try something else. Third failure teaches us how to recognize and appreciate success from the Valley floor. We've never been on this mountain and we look up with great admiration at the peak. And the moment we set out to summit that peak defeat kicks in by challenging us by showing us how hard and how difficult this climb is going to be. The peak illustrates the rarity of her occupants. And she does that by making sure that only the people willing to sacrifice are going to arrive. And the higher we climb, the greater the difficulty. And the fewer peers we encounter who are willing to press on because folks fall away and they fall by the wayside and they give up and they quit. They get discouraged And it's up to us if we're going to keep climbing or not. Fourth, success will always look like failure until it doesn't. One step at a time does not always reveal progress. And that's why faith is important. Belief that you're making progress, even when it's not apparent. Even when you may not be able to put your finger on something and say, there, there, that's a sign that it's all working well. How long we sustain the journey is entirely up to us. This, for me, has been one of the hardest parts of the journey in that success doesn't always look like success, but it looks like failure until it stops looking like failure. And all of a sudden, hmm, I didn't know I was succeeding, but it turns out we were. I always believed in what we were pursuing. I was unwavering in knowing what I wanted to achieve deep, 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 deep down inside. I knew it was the best, wisest course, even if life seemed to be showing me otherwise. Changing your mind by altering your ideal outcome isn't a sign of surrender. It doesn't mean you're giving up your dream. It means you may have evolved. You may have figured out some things before you had to materially experience failure. New information coupled with your personal growth should result in some change. And what a blessing. I mean, what a blessing when that growth happens in your mind and in your planning and not in some physical outcome. I mean, I can give you an example. I started four years ago diving very deeply into learning everything I could about short-term rental. Uh, I, I freely admit I'm a person who is fascinated with business models. And initially I got intrigued by this, not because I wanted to pursue it because I, I did enough number crunching to realize, you know, the return on investment is staggeringly high when it's done well. Now, not every business has that opportunity. There are some businesses that when they operate extraordinarily well, they still don't have a staggering return on investment. It doesn't mean that they're not profitable, but I mean, clearly in the world of business, some businesses are extraordinarily profitable insurance as opposed to some others that are much less profitable. So as a business guy, It intrigued me. In fact, it still intrigues me, but I had a very specific notion very shortly after diving into it of what I most wanted to do. And I thought, you know, I'd like to do this. I'd like to be involved in owning and operating some short-term rental business. But then over time I kept now, listen, I need to have a sidebar here. My ambition never did involve owning and operating as many doors as possible because in the course of my study, I would encounter some people that were extremely large and growing larger, and that was the goal for them. That was not the aim for me. My aim was small, but numerically, 
it would have been rewarding. Okay, this is all happening in my head, right? I'm studying, I'm reading, I'm researching, I'm crunching some numbers, but I'm not practicing. So none of this is real. It's real in the sense that I'm learning and all this stuff, but it's not real in the sense that I've actually purchased real estate and I've created listings on Airbnb and VRBO and the other platforms. And now I'm an operator. No, it, it, this was all just happening more mentally. And over time, things changed the market where I was looking, it grew increasingly more saturated. In fact, over the last 18 months or so doors, the number of doors where I was most interested doubled. And you can pretty much imagine what happens. Come on, supply and demand and all that occupancy rates dropped dramatically. And so here I was without ever having operated a single night of running a short-term rental. And guess what I did is I observe all this stuff. Yeah. I changed my mind. Turns out none of that was going to happen, even though I was marching in that direction. Well, okay. At least it wasn't going to happen yet. Was that failure? Well, no. Was it a waste of time? Well, no, I never made a single investment. I never suffered a single loss. This was all a mental exercise as I was studying a business that I've never yet practiced in. Listen, I don't want this to be all about me. I get that most of it has been, and I hope that there's some takeaways for you. I gave you a short list of a few things, but my biggest hope today is for you to benefit from the journey and to know that whether you're succeeding or whether you're failing, or if you don't even know you're in grand company because it means that you're human and time and chance are happening to us all. And we don't know when those times will be for me. I've made up my mind that I'm going to continue to scan the horizon for opportunities. I'm going to continue to look for those things that I'm willing to say yes to, because as I get older, it's much more clear to me, the things that I'm absolutely positively committed to say no to. And as we both know, until you say no to something, you can't say yes to something else. A big part of me wanted to wait and record the kind of the last version of 2.0 in a place that wasn't 2.0. That just, that didn't feel right. And it's not that it felt disingenuous. It's just the sentimental romantic part of me didn't want to do that. I wanted to record it in this room, which is largely, uh, largely empty now. So here we are the final episode of leaning toward wisdom 2.0 of the yellow studio. Time to take a break from the microphone so I can dig in and do all of this crazy work that's required to make my way down to the valley of success after this long, long, arduous journey. Now, it's not time to rest. I ain't going to be resting. We're just going to take a rest from this work. And Lord willing, only for a couple of weeks. And I don't think you're going to miss much. And Lord willing, I'll be back before you know it. And I've just got to thank you. I've got to thank you very much for being part of the journey from the beginning to version 2.0 of the Yellow Studio for many of you. I'll put links to these virtual tours that I've done in the past. So if you want to look back and hearken to it, you can. Just know this. Everything is hard until it's easy. And everything is slow until it's fast. giving some pretty serious thought to leaning toward wisdom. I can tell you the premise has never changed and it's never going to change. The very thing, the fundamental foundational thing that got this whole thing started is never going to change. It's always going to be 
a chronicling of the pursuit of wisdom, which is going to naturally include (laughs) countless stories of failure and not getting it right. And some of those things that I have learned, there's no doubt that it's a personal journey on one level, but it's such a universal journey on so many other levels because you are experiencing what I'm experiencing. I'm smart enough and wise enough and experienced enough to know that what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, it's not a Star Trek thing. I'm not going where no man's ever gone before. Many, many people have gone here before. Many people are going here. The thing that I I mostly hate about today's world is not the polarization politically, because I just don't care. But it's the polarization, it's the siloing of our lives. And I'm an introvert. So don't think for a minute that I'm sitting here pining because I don't have more people in my life. I will regularly tell you, I need to cull the herd. I, I may have too many people. But for the people that we most need, we really need them. And I don't think it's a numbers game. I really don't. I have a complete understanding as much as I can not being wired this way myself because I've got people that I love very much who are wired this way, most notably my son, who need a lot of people. I salute that. But whatever that number is, and if the number is important to you and a lot of diversity, if that's important to you, that's important to you. It's not for me. I need people that I know, I need people that I enjoy being around, and I need people that I know have my best interest at heart. And I'm willing to limit and restrict that number. But I know this, it's true, none of us are an island. And we need people not only to lift us up, but we need people who are willing to let us lift them up. Because at some point, we're all being knocked down and dragged out and jerked through the knothole backwards. We all are. I hope to be a voice online that you can listen to, that can encourage you, and that can try to convince you. Believe you can do this. Not believe that you can succeed, because you may not. But believe that you can overcome And if you can't overcome, then believe that you can endure. My name is Randy Cantrell. The website is Leaning Toward Wisdom. Greetings and welcome. For the last time, Yellow Studio, version 2.0.